I'm at home, phone rings, it's a school nurse. She goes, I have Isla in the office. Is there a parent at home? I was like, I'll do. <laughs> Gives the phone to Isla, her first words, I tried to stop it, Dad. <laughs> I go, stop what? She goes, I got my period. I'm like, bitch, you promised. <laughs> I'm like, you called the wrong number, dickhead. Call your mom. She's like, Dad, I need you right now. Immediately as a parent, I'm melting down. So I'm like, she's freaking out at school. She's by herself. She's going through what Georgia went through. This isn't my skill set. But I got this. I go, okay, baby. All right. Okay. How'd you get it? <laughs> she was like, Dad, I was playing kickball. Immediately, I'm like, oh, poor kid. I thought she blew out her pussy. <laughs> Just, oh, shit. Oh, I'm out, coach. I'm out. Yeah, I tore my twat. It's bad. I blew out my cooch, coach. I'm gonna have to sit this one out. Pinch runner, pinch runner. Now I'm spiraling. I'm like, all right, what do you need from me? New pants, new panties, new socks. Did it get in your socks? A bucket, some towels, garlic. We're gonna keep the vampires away from you. She's like, Dad, I'm fine. Mom gave me a go bag. I go, okay, then what are you calling me for? She goes, I need you to go to the store and get supplies. I'm like, how bad is this period? She's like, no, Dad, I'm throwing myself a period party tonight. I'm like, I'm sorry, what did you just say? She's like, all the girls are doing it, Dad. I need you to go to the store and get supplies. Get a red velvet cake. I'm like, ah! I go, baby, I don't think I can eat a red velvet cake knowing what it symbolizes. She's like, Dad, you need a red velvet cake for a period party because you put the name of your period on the cake. I'm like, who names their period? She's like, Georgia named hers after the girl from Progressive Auto Insurance. She's like, Dad, please, I need you right now. I have 10 people coming tonight. I go, we have 10 little girls coming to the house? She goes, no, eight girls, two boys. I'm like, who invites boys to a period party? And I hear her sinister little giggle on the phone, and she goes, Dad, that's the fun of it. We don't tell them why they're there. Now I'm like, fuck it, I'm in. I have never had more fun at a party in my entire life. Planning, hosting, and attending a period party. I dressed all in red like it was Chinese New Year's. Drinking Pinot Noir, I made pasta with chunky marinara sauce. And I giggled the whole night with all these little girls at these two boys, Max and Carter, right? Faces covered in red cake. Like it's their honeymoon and they're like, fuck it, I'll eat it anyway. The whole party, these two boys are looking at the cake going, who the hell's Jason? My daughter, Isla Kreischer, named her period Jason because she got it on Friday the 13th. Sure. I'll talk it out. Yeah. Let's just have a conversation. Track three. <clears throat> Better not be fucking Dave Matthews band. Okay, those of you who don't want to be a part of this can leave now. Derek, please listen to me. But if you choose to stay, 
which it seems like you guys are choosing. Derek, please. You understand and agree to the following terms and conditions. Derek! One. Derek, this is the virus. You bucket. hereby waive your right Derek, please. to your own personal bodily integrity. This is not you. Two. Per the state versus Neville Reed, my colleague and I will not be held criminally liable for any felony or misdemeanor that you may be a victim of, including, but not limited to, aggravated assault, aggravated battery, disorderly conduct, destruction of property, mayhem, and first-degree murder. And three, terms and conditions may change or be updated whatever the fuck I want! Consider yourselves notified. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. I got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. Jack left town. Well, hello, Mr. Fancy Pants. I was just in my office and I heard a rocket. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. Ain't it cool? What up, everyone? DJ Anubis. And DJ Neko. Wow, that's like slipping into a warm bath. It's what we did for so long, and now we're back with an audio version of the podcast. Yep, Classic Reflections, another version of that, another episode. Uh, we don't do much audio these days, but we do enjoy doing this once a month while we sit down go back and reflect on past records uh, that we find to be incredibly great or perfect records. Yeah, and that's how we really got to uh, speak with the band They. Yeah. Like, I I didn't listen to it until DJ Anubis introduced it to me, and it's, like, so cool. And that's what I love about, you know, being married to DJ Anubis, just one of the many things, but he has such, like, he's always listening to new music and he's always finding new things where like i'll get stuck on something and i'll just i still do it like i'll be like oh man i'm gonna listen to this album 17 times in one day (laughs) but he's like i want to i mean he has his favorites and he has like a really great collection um 
that, you know, he just plays in the car, and he, I have a little, like, USB thing that I, I have that he loads up for me, which you could probably load some more up if there's anything new, um, Oh, there's plenty of new stuff, and I know we'll be doing uh, Best of 2023 towards the end of the year, so got to get you started on I know, some of I got to get started on that. Because there's a lot of records this year, but usually I kind of just throw her all the the key the key songs that I take from those records so that she's not having to sit through every single song. But And I do have a longer commute now, yeah. so it'll be I'll be able to like listen to more. Um, and I remember the one time I was just out running errands, and I love that little USB thing because it's so tiny and I have a bunch of like, I, my car's older but it's still newer. It's not like as fancy as the new ones with the big touch screens and stuff. Um, but I, you, he bought this, like it's almost, I don't know, like the size of a chip. I, it, it's teeny tiny and you just plug it in and it, it's huge capacity and I was just out running errands one day and he was at work and every time I was like man this band is amazing and I'd like take a sh uh, take a picture of my um because it's cool too because it'll like read the band he does that he like tags it so I uh, like took a picture of my my radio and I'm like this band is so great because like, I wanted to remember what I was listening to when I said this band was really great yeah uh you know so basically you know, we, we I did when we did sabotage. We've done so far they. We've done uh, typo negative and then sabotage Hall of the Mountain King. You know, after that we were thinking, well, let's put up to a vote. You know, between Wasp, self-titled King Diamond, them or Nine Inch Nails, Pretty Hate Machine, and only got one vote really for Pretty Hate Machine outside of Neko, who actually suggested it. And so we will eventually get to those records, but I oftentimes will be just working and listening to music, and I'm like, man, you know, this is one that I really should visit. And I'm not really sure. Are you familiar with Suicide Tennessee's Art of Rebellion album at all? I don't think I've ever listened to the whole album. Like I said, with um, The Hall of the Mountain King, I had heard songs off of it, but never, like, a full listen through. Right. So yeah, so that's kind of like why we kind of do this. We go back and you especially know. for me because you will <laughs> like yeah, because this to me is like the pinnacle of their career. Like I know there's a lot of controversy because you know Suicide Tennessee is obviously is more delved into the punk scene. That's how which I love right. Uh, but towards the end of the '80s, early '90s, they were doing the crossover into the thrash genre, and it started with How I Laugh Tomorrow When I Can't even Smile Today. Which is another great record, but Art of the Rebellion was like really kind of an experimental time for them as a band because they had just come off the Lights Camera Revolution album when they uh, added Robert Trujillo on bass, who's now with Metallica. For those that don't know, oh yeah. Uh, so when Robert was with them for that album, it, it carried over into this record, and you know Robert as a bassist brought a lot of funk and a lot of. Uh, bass slapping and stuff like that, stuff that you weren't catching earlier in their career. Uh, and then you had Rocky George and Mike Clark on guitars, and both of them were exceptional. I think a lot of their best work is on this record, both melodically, solo-wise, and just great riffs uh, with songs. But, you know, I, I came in thinking that many Suicide Tennessee fans would be angry about this record because it's also their most commercially accessible record at the time. Uh, I think it was probably what, what year did this come out? Ninety two. Yeah, so this is probably because I was about twelve in ninety two, and this I feel like when I was around twelve, it's really when I was starting to get into music. You know what I mean? Like music was always really important to me, and I know um, 
and it could have been the 90s itself like one of the first things when you met someone new or were like going out with a group or let's say you're going to the mall or whatever it's like what kind of music do you listen to that was like a very identifying thing at least well there was a lot going on during that time too because you know by 92 we were already you know kickstarted by the grunge and alternative rock movement and on mtv and then, you know, metal was really kind of starting to fall out of the wayside as far as, like, going back underground. It wasn't being propped up as much anymore. Um, I think even in some ways, this record was, like, sort of a, a reflection of the side project that Mike Muir and Robert had called Infectious Grooves, which was even oh, yeah, a, a whole Grooves. other thing. Yeah, so, but it's all kind of the same mentality in some ways, but... Uh, yeah, I was surprised that there was a good amount of fans who actually enjoyed this record. In fact, the archives, despite only having four reviews on this record on there, they're pretty harsh and elitist over there. So the fact that they still came away as a collective is 88% on this oh, record. Oh, yeah, the, the archives is very, like, ooh, ooh. Yeah. If it doesn't sound like trash cans lids banging together, <laughs> I don't want to hear it. But, uh,. You know, uh, like I said, this this is one of our most, like, basically uh, mainstream accessible in terms of maybe trying to garner more fans at the time. Uh, and when I saw the video for Sleep at the Wheel, which will it'll be on the record later, uh, I almost didn't even recognize. I just I saw Robert and Mike, and of course there's like this psychedelic feeling in that particular song. And I'm like, wow, this is this is suicidal, but it's not what I was expecting. And then, of course, I got the record and heard some of the other tracks. And I'm like, this is really quite amazing. Uh, it's just, it's different than some of the other stuff. But, you know, in some ways you want that, but you still want that identity. And I think they still had it. And I also think this is where um, suicidal started influencing other people. You know, you can feel other bands pulling their influence from suicidal tendencies, mm-hmm. starting like with this album. Probably, yeah. I mean, like I said, they were experimenting a little bit, um, and I'm sure some bands were like starting to delve into that a little bit. Uh, despite all that, despite the accessibility, like their lyrical content with Mike Muir is still pretty much dark. Like it's, you know, he's always been kind of a sarcastic singer. When you think of stuff like, you know, Institutionalized off the first record, you know, just want one Pepsi, you know, there's always this like all this kind of like dark sarcasm that Mike has with his lyrical content. But uh, their first single, Nobody Hears, which was a video that was done, like a lot of people who reflect back on this record speak about that song a lot. So what we do here on classic reflections is we take it track by track and then we discuss how we feel about it and then by the end we basically you know say whether or not it stood the test of time or if we feel differently about it and all that so and saying it stands the test of time does not mean like what we mean is there are lots of songs that yeah they may sound dated but let's let's just think of something like that you quote unquote stand the test of time that's really dated. I don't know. Um, like something from Elvis. Mm-hmm. Li- like that song that's in that uh, TV show Las Vegas, a little less conversation. Yeah. That has been remixed so many times by different um, 
people, it's still, like, it still comes up. And, like, Elvis is, like, the OG rock and roll kind of guy. So, like, even though it's old, it's still, and, and does sound a little bit dated, it still stands the test of time. Yeah. So, just because this might still have that, like, 90s punkish sound, it doesn't mean that it doesn't stand the test of time. We want to feel, like, we were talking about, uh, what was it? Uh, and Justice for All. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like... That was something that was really a pinnacle moment, I think, for Metallica because it was their first video. And but it's still, even though that came out in what eighty nine, yeah. yeah, that that stands the test of time. And when people, we were watching people's reactions to it, to one, to yeah. one, and they were like, "What? This is?" And but it still seemed like a fresh song. Mm-hmm. Uh oh, you have a little kitty on your shoulder. What are you doing, per machine? So we're gonna kick it off. The All right, first, I'm ready. First track on the record is called "Can't Stop," and here we go with "Suicide Tennessee's The Art of Rebellion." All right. Knowing that I won't, knowing that I can't, knowing that you're me and I'm you and I can 
They don't make no seatbelts in the mine So I can't fasten up for this
DJ Anubis here, and I want to say if you dig all things Godzilla and KG related, then check out the YouTube channel of the Sci-Fi Century. He has great reviews, opinions, and theories in the world of sci-fi horror, anime, and of course everyone's favorite atomic breathing lizard, Godzilla. Century provides great commentary when both having a special guest on his shows as well as the collaborations with the big teddy bear, that fat samurai guy. So if you want to keep it raw, real, tune into the Sci-Fi Century. That's S-C-I-S-I-S-E-N-T-R-Y. Sci-Fi Century. Tune in to get the best in science fiction and Godzilla-related information. Peace. Alright, so there we have the first track. What was the name of that again? Can't Stop. Can't Stop, Won't Stop. I absolutely love it. Um, I was just kind of, you know, bobbing my head, grooving, listening to it. And, and when I was um, in high school, I had a powder blue Dodge Omni, if you guys have any idea what that car is it's just like a little box on wheels little hatchback and i was saying to dj anubis i'm like i can picture you know high school missy in her powder blue omni zipping around town it, it maybe hit 50 miles an hour if i was lucky and um just jamming to 99.1 yeah you know it, the funny thing about the song is it, it's got totally got the trademark uh uh, guitar arrangements from slow melody to thrash and then of course Mike Mirrors like it's almost like a narration he does when he's singing I know I love it before he gets into like the more harmonizing stuff but like it's really cool you know you, know, you hate me I hate you you know that type <laughs> of shit uh, so I just I love the dark sarcasm that he has and I think that was like the, the name itself Suicidal Tendencies is sarcasm like mm -hmm. let's let's be let's be real yeah yeah well you know they were one of those bands in the 80s that took heat because from the pmrc and shit you know oh look at the name man they want You're you to kill yourself suicide right oh my god yeah. yes yes <laughs> please please you know grow some humor yeah get some humor get some humor in your life right Speaking of humor, all right. Track two starts out a little bit of humor. I, I believe it's Robert Trujillo that says the opening line, but I'm not entirely sure. But it's still funny as hell. Oh no! And it's atypical for Suicide Tansies, of course. And so, the second song on the album is called "Accept My Sacrifice," and here we go. All right. Stand by stomach. Here come banana. Destination 
everybody, this is Mr. Joshua Gray, your live gameplay DJ, live weekday mornings, every day, but hump day, playing Mortal Kombat or other games occasionally and featuring a number of different artists. So come on by, grab your breakfast, and enjoy some fatalities. Mr. Joshua Gray on YouTube, Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays, 8 to noon to the moon. And you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Okay, we're back. What happened to all right? All right. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so one thing I love about that track, I know I kind of agree with you, it's not as strong as the first one. Um, but again, we, we get to showcase a little bit of Robert's bass playing. Um, and really, it's funny because, as I said, the album prior, Lights, Camera, Revolutions, where he debuted with the band, and you know he, that was the album that had "Send Me Your Money," which was mm-hmm. a really great uh, anti-religious song. But uh, again, that showcased a lot of uh, Robert's talents as a bassist. Um, interestingly enough, after this record, when they went back to their more punk roots, and I think Robert lasted for a couple records before moving on elsewhere. Um, but they never really got as experimental as they did on this record or even the last one. Is that is that what you really feel like this was their most experimental record? Yeah, and I think it's why it stands out to me because I think as a collection of songs, like even though it, like it's probably about three songs too long, which you would consider like you know a near perfect record, which I still call it a ten out of ten because I don't think the songs hurt it enough like that much to the discount it, but. Uh, like in terms of that collective, you know, between all the guitar playing, Mira's vocals, and the lyrics, and Robert's playing, uh, drum-wise, they ended up getting a guy to do because they didn't have a drummer coming into the record, so they used a studio guy by the name of Josh Freeze uh, from the Vandals to do this drums in the studio, and then uh, former White Lion drummer Jimmy DeGrasso actually joined the band to do like the live stuff and like that, so. Uh, but just as like a total package, the record is really, really strong. But you know, if they would have cut out like three or four songs, it would have been even better. You just, think? Yeah, but you know, it doesn't. Like I said, it doesn't really hurt. I think I don't know. Oh, I think when did uh, Lights Camera? I'm saying in '90 or '91. So I mean, it wasn't that long between the records. So I don't know. I guess they just felt like they had, they were on like a big writing buzz and they just put a lot of stuff on there so i mean there's a lot to offer there well you said that about um like van Han- or def leppard did the same thing um with hysteria yeah they were they had already like written it and they're still like touring so they didn't want to like release too much at once yeah and they had a lot of success with hysteria i mean now granted that record like as many songs are on them are all great like I think there's only one that I really don't care that much for, but even then, it's not that bad. But it's just so funny that, you know, that for Def Leppard, they were touring. Like, when their follow-up, Adrenalized to Hysteria, just wasn't near as good as Hysteria. They had Let's Get Rocked, which was their first single, which did really well. But after that, there's not much in that record I really liked. Um, but this, you know, like, at least the songs that you kind of don't feel that warm to, they're kind of spaced out. And so, the uh, next track we have is actually the first uh, single they put out, which is sort of like a semi-ballad, but 
Um, it's called Nobody Hears, and it, again, great lyrics, great... Oh, I, I, I do like this song a probably, lot. This is probably on my iPod somewhere, I'm sure. The first two I didn't have on my iPod, even though I do like them, but I take select tracks from records I like and just throw them on mm -hmm. there. Uh, this is one of them, of course. So this is called Nobody Hears. Still 
this while we were just off this is the, the there see some people do this on youtube or whatever better like we we give a commentary while we're listening to it but it's hard to like play it and then have us talking over it so you can enjoy it with us as well um i was just saying like i re, like i remember this song mm-hmm. like i really remember this song well i was reading some reviews from people because i was researching just to see what the general uh feeling was on the record i like i said i was pleasantly surprised that a lot of people actually still enjoy this record even if they're bigger on the uh the punk stuff but uh one guy mentioned that you know growing up like you you know he's younger and watching mtv like this song was on constant rotation mm-hmm. on hitmaker's ball so he'd always wait <laughs> the entire two or three hours to see this song because he wants here. that song specifically yeah so currently obviously it was a big favorite uh for people off the record so it was a good choice for a single and everything else mm-hmm. um but yeah it's a beautiful song there's some really great solo work there especially at the end uh, with george and clark and i just it's again i think those two guys really uh meshed well uh, with each other on when they were playing with each other so and I also was saying um, I feel we, we speak about his singing voice and his singing cadence too mm-hmm. he's when he's like nobody it, it you really feel like he is trying to be like self-deprecating and like you know he he wants people yeah, yeah he's like I want people to like hear me but like it's kind of like when you see comedians talk about themselves and they're like yeah look at me i'm fat i have tits and they're like joking around but then it's something they're also insecure about and that's kind of how his cadence sounds he's like i am really struggling 
But I'm trying to do it in a light, humorous way so people aren't like, oh, this dude's going to go post Yeah, I, I think it's like, you know, he's got this, um, he's frustrated with whatever issues he's dealing with and he's conveying them. But then, like, as you said, it's like he wants people to listen, but at the same time, he's not going to sit there and say, woe is me, or like, you know, I'm going to go jump off a bridge. Like, he's just... He kind of just throws it back in the face of whatever anger he has towards what's going on. And that that's his way moment. of dealing with it, and right. this is his outlet. And, you know, we've noticed that with other bands like Korn. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's a completely a 180 from this the style like this, but that is the outlet that the artists take sometimes. And it does, sadly, if you are struggling and you, have, you, you feel the most emotion and you're making an, an awesome song at the expense of something bad that happened right that's what sucks because you know it's kind of like a a joke um when uh so these pop stars they they come out and they have like you know a great record or something and then they kind of fizzle off like you know my my girlfriend kelly collection (laughs) so um, she recently got divorced, and everybody's like, man, this is going to be, like, her best album in years, because that's what, like, you know, when somebody it, it, it is going... It feels the, uh, the power the of the anger. writing. That's why, like, um, you know, Adele's album that blew up, like, ten years ago, it was, like, after she had this huge breakup, and these things that suck in, in these talented artists' lives, I hate that they had to go through it, but I'm grateful that they were able to turn it into something beautiful Mm -hmm. and i don't want to be like oh i think everybody should just suffer so that we have great music but i find that when you um look like static x uh wayne static notorious with his um you know addiction Mm -hmm. to and his wife who they both passed from addiction uh you can hear it in a lot of the music so i hate saying oh wow you know have more addiction so that i have better music but that's not what i'm saying what i'm saying is they they took something that they were struggling with and turned it into something yeah i mean how many times have we kind of seen that when an artist like it doesn't matter the genre Mm -hmm. like cleans himself up or herself up and then releases a record like you know they've gotten sober or whatever and then like people are like no, I like the stuff when you were like really high on drugs. Like that's like the sh- chili peppers. Yeah, whatever the case, you know. So like you don't want to say that because you're happy that people have their lives in a good place. Right. But I um But for whatever reason it releases this like creativity. Now see that that sort of goes in with some of the stuff that I talk about with Metallica because in my opinion in some cases when a band gets really successful and they start actually making a career so metallica you know they released a black album that really kicked off their new part of their career and their life where they were able to generate money like on a bigger scale for themselves and then of course load and the history behind that you know when you're no longer really angry about anything because you're in a better spot personally or with your family or whatever there's nothing left for you to be really angry about. I often say this about Devin Townsend. I'm a big Devin Townsend fan. But he doesn't do Strapping Young Lad anymore because he's not really angry at anything. And Now, part of that's just his personal zen-like nature now. He's found a better place in his own life because he actually struggled for a long time when he was younger. 
And a lot of that fed into his music. Oh, didn't he um, put himself into... Uh, yeah, mental, uh, mental institution. Inst I hate yeah. using the word mental institution. Yeah. But he checked himself inpatient mm -hmm. is, the, is the nice PC way to say. When you say mental institution, you think of like... Crazy, people. crazy, like no, American just, Horror Story Asylum, like people getting poked yeah. and prodded, kind of thing. No, you know, he just he was going through a lot of shit, and you know, he was trying to find different ways to address that, and you know, and that's the thing. Like I can sit here all day and complain that he doesn't do SYL anymore, but I still enjoy his other music. It's just different, and you know, but I wouldn't want him to sacrifice his happiness. He has a kid. He has a wife. So I would never want him to sacrifice all that just so I can get another angry album out of him from Strapping Young Lad. So you're gonna have to repost uh, on YouTube and on Facebook and stuff the the personal message you got from yeah, yeah. from Devin, um, a friend of ours, Jason sent because Devin Townsend is DJ Anubis's absolute favorite. And I love him too, but nothing like what what DJ Anubis does, and he got a cameo made our friend jason got a cameo made from devin townsend to dj anubis and it was like all these like personal things and then devin shared like a personal story about like hey you know it's really awesome because jason stayed with us for a few years while he was like in between he was kind of like soul searching and and he was uh traveling a lot so it really wouldn't have made sense for him to not like his home base he kind of changed and he had was going through some stuff so we're like yeah just stay with us or whatever and you know it worked out for all of us like jason is like really success successful that was funny successful he's really successful in his career and you know I, I i admire him because um he stumbled twice three times that like in five years like you know he had he had some personal things going on he came and moved with us he was really trying to be a touring musician um that was not working out um he went back to college he wanted to you know get his master's degree he got it COVID happened and all the shit that he had planned for wasn't going to happen because like they had all this academic stuff shut down so he was yeah, just it's things didn't happen the way that he thought it might. But he persevered. Yeah. Like, he just... Yeah. And that's what Devin was, like, saying to DJ Anubis. Like, you know, you... I had a friend do that for me. It, and it enabled for me to persevere and become what I... And it was just nice. Because it yeah. was, like... It was just so touching. Yeah, I left Park. Uh, I was really happy and appreciative of that. And we still talk to Jason. He's married now. And he's, you know, he's, he's doing in, better. He's in South Korea right now. Yeah, he's doing fun things out there you know i'm part of the military and not fighting right now but you know he's able to see the world a little bit and that's cool he's like, in a very important part of our you know our well, he's always been a important part of our life because i've known him since he was 16 he's well in his 30s now so oh my god have we really known him that long yeah Aww. yeah same with john from nomas i've known him since he was 19 and it's just you know it's so funny like i'm like an older brother to a lot of these guys and so you look out for them, you know, that's, you know, that's just a cool thing about it. But yeah, so, you know, obviously Suicide Tennessee's with a lot of Mike's songs, they, they all hit personal notes and stuff like that. And, but this next song is okay. one of the ones I was talking about where I don't really, I don't even really remember it that much. I haven't listened to it since the record I got it. Um, 
So it's one of those songs I would say to myself probably could have been left off, but I might feel differently now if I want to hear oh, it. Oh, so you yeah. haven't listened to it in a while. Oh, yeah. It's been a long while. All right. Let me and, uh, up. <laughs> this is called Tap Into The Power. I kind of like that name. Well, the one of me. 
Hitler had premeditated all their thousand, and the interpreter of the comments from Saukiu, who are in the company of DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Pattern Radio. The best place to be. Stay tuned with these legends. Alright. Hey! We're back! So, your thoughts on tapping to the power? I like the beginning a lot. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's that's what it is, is it's, it's just um, a groovy kind of song. Right. And the whole song just groovy. That's the weirdest way to call it. It's groovy. It's groovy. But I liked it, and I get what you're saying, like, maybe it was just like a transitional song. Mm-hmm. Kind of like... That's really, I mean, it's it's not one that blew me out of the water. But remember, when we were talking about um, yeah, the They album. Maybe it's a transitional song to get to the next track. Right. Yeah, again, they probably could have left it off, and it wouldn't made it you know wouldn't have made much difference for me. Um, it's not a horrible song, obviously, but it just it's kind of forgettable in terms of the rest of the stuff that we've heard so far. You know, in terms of that. Uh, okay, so we're going to jump into the next track, which is one of my favorites off the album. I have a few. Uh, obviously, Nobody Hears is one of the other ones. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that song, too. That's one. I know, that's what I mean. Um, this is called Monopoly of Sorrow. Ooh, now, Monopoly. some people complain about this song, but I actually really enjoy it, both for... It, it's, it's a little bit simple in structure, because they're kind of just doing one thing for a while as Mike is singing, but it's, there's a purpose behind it, because... Once it gets towards the end, it really picks up hard, and I just fucking love that. You about love the it song. when it does that. Like. Yeah, and, and again, it goes back to kind of like what you were saying. Well, Mike, his vocal way that he sings, like there's some harmonizing in there at times, and uh, it's just very cool. And so I, I do enjoy this song. I do like the purpose behind the song. And so here we go with Monopoly of Sorrow.
What's up, everyone? This is Richie from Grave Huffer, and you're listening to DJ Anubis and DJ Neko on Metal Tavern Radio. Rank it the fuck up. All right. I can see why that's, like, your favorite. Yeah, it's definitely up there in the favorites off the record. I really, really enjoy the hell out of it, uh, especially towards the end. Like I said, it starts kicking into the thrash riffs and mm. getting really heavy. Uh, just a lot of fun to listen to. And I, I do kind of like um, what you're saying. Um, you know, again, with him, <laughs> when he's he's saying, I don't have the monopoly of, on, on sorrow, you know, like... Mm-hmm. I, it's like he's not he's not being a dick but he's kind of like I you know everybody sucks life sucks I don't have it ever you know right like it's everyone's got to you know he doesn't own it all like mm-hmm. it's all part of the world mm-hmm. and everyone deals with it and uh yeah it's just you don't if you, when you sit there and just kind of listen to the record like like I said it's funny because Despite being the most accessible mainstream record they have in their catalog, outside of Nobody Hears, and, you know, like, they did release, like, I remember they released Asleep at the Wheel for a video, and then also um, I'll Hate You Better, but none of those songs really, like, are stuff that you're going to hear on mainstream radio because of the dark Mm -hmm. underlying messages. Like, it's not... A negative darkness is just he's talking about dark things. It's like certain corn songs will never make it onto the uh, radio. And I think that's that. why sometimes people, um, when they're like, oh yeah, I like corn, and it's like, you know, mm-hmm. frequently, which was huge, 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 huge when it, when it came out due to its really cool cartoony, um, you know, video and everything. But then you don't dive into like, some of the like daddy or yeah you know yeah. so I, I i agree like they're gonna play i mean even when they did like it's surprising they did a video for adidas because they in the video they had to edit the shit out of it. yeah and i honestly don't think i ever heard adidas on the radio that Mm-mm, was no. that on life is peachy yeah so i had the cassette tape of life is Pe- cassettes how old i am i had the cassette tape and wore that Rocking thing out the cassette wore that thing out oh my god and i think i was buying a lot of cassettes at that time because the guy i was dating um we always borrowed his mom's van because it was gigantic and we could all pile into it um and he didn't drink like as much because he couldn't um and just like for health reasons so he would always be like designated driver he'd have like one beer and that was it and the cassettes like we all bought cassettes so that we could listen in the car in the car together and it would be like oh let me think one two three four five six seven eight at least like nine of us in that maybe even ten because it's a van you can really squeeze people in there and it was a lot of fun Mm -hmm. you know uh I, i i don't know if people do that anymore like i don't know if that's like a well i remember i tried looking for a cassette player for the car a while back and like it's because it's not something that's come back like if you wanted to do that you can hook one up in your car but the problem is is that it's really expensive to find a tape player Mm -hmm. now so uh 
that's the kind of funny thing about it. It's like, yeah, sure, I want to, because I got tapes myself. So if I wanted to play them in a car, I'd have to go purchase a, a cassette player for the car. But that it's very expensive because they're no longer being made on the regular because everything's either CD or now Bluetooth. Like Blue- sometimes yeah. you won't even find CD players anymore. I don't have a CD player in my car. You do, but I don't have one in mine. Right. So it, it's just the way of the new world with technology. Just everything's done through Bluetooth pretty much. Do kids get their mom's van no. and drive around Not listening unless to music? Not unless they're some metalhead that's gone back in time and, you know, discovered all this stuff for themselves, like vinyl and whatnot. So, unless they've done that, then no, they just... I mean, is that that's like how we used to hang out. We used to want to be together and just go get Burger King and the poor woman had, you know eight whoppers and a chicken sandwich and ten orders of fries and we'd eat our whopper and then we'd go and um have like a little bonfire is i'm just is this just not a thing anymore i don't know maybe because i don't have kids and i don't hang out with a lot of teenagers i just don't know what they're what they do yeah it's not the same as it used to be for sure listen to us being old <laughs> we old we old but we're still young at heart. I think that's what it is. Is we really? Um... Well, let's get into this next track. Uh, it's called "We Call This Mother Revenge," and so this would be another track that I normally don't listen to. So I, again, this is kind of like renewing uh, hearing it for a long since a long time ago. So see how I feel about this one coming around All second right. time. Let's hear it. Let's hear it.
thing about that track oh give me give me thoughts uh you had a better response to it than i did like i still don't find like despite it being very musically talented obviously there's a lot of great playing as usual in there but as far as like a song that i think that i would listen to on repeat or a lot it just isn't there but i understand i was bouncing i understand why you do because she's traditionally more of a a ska punky Mm -hmm. type girl so this is the kind of punky yeah she likes these kind of like type of song so it isn't really shocking to me that she gets into more the punk side of st than i do like you know he said st 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 motherfucker st pledge your allegiance st i enjoyed it i was i was bouncing she was bouncing i really like i i can't remember the last time i um listen to this album in whole i don't even know if i ever did because yeah, um, i don't know if you've ever done it but you know it's again it's kind of cool that you're kind of experiencing this now yeah so that's good though like it's good that you know we came away with different feelings on that particular song uh to me i think you could remove it from the record and it wouldn't really i would it wouldn't phase me like it, i don't think it had to be there but you might but you felt track two except the sacrifice was probably one of their weaker ones mm-hmm. so you might have swapped these out yeah i would have been like yeah but i i i don't like to go back and say um all right this needs to go i i'm not one to do that because like i feel like bands purposefully put stuff together for a reason and well that's yeah what I'm thinking Oh, yeah, because, uh, I mean, it makes sense. They're a crossover band between punk and thrash at this point, so they're trying to give uh, different types of music to all of their fans, no matter where they fall on the spectrum. Mm-hmm. So that makes total sense. 
Well, now we're going to start, which is basically, I used to have the cassette of this. No. Basically starts the second half of the record. Ah, uh, flip. So, you have to flip. Flip, flip the side. Uh, and this was, of course, the first song and video I saw for it. As I talked about earlier in the show, that uh, this has like a very trippy, psychedelic vibe. With it. I wasn't up to feel this before it breaks into the song Asleep at the Wheel. And again, I didn't recognize the band because the video was very different from what they had done previously. So you have to remember, like, I'm coming off of mainly uh, songs like Alone or Send Me Your Money off of the last record uh, Lights, Camera, Revolution but then even before that with uh, How I Laugh uh, songs like Trip at the Brain or uh, you know stuff like that um, was much heavier for me at the time when I discovered Susan Tanzi so this was like a whole like 180 from that type of sound but I really love this song a lot uh, and again just everything they're doing on this record and they bring you a lot of everything it's one of their more experimenting records but uh to this day still just one of my favorite tracks on the record as well and uh i'm sure missy has heard it uh before with me so we'll see how she feels going for another round all right
So do you remember that song at all? I don't. Oh, really? No, and that's what I was saying. Like, I, I know why this is the first song on the second half, because, you know, you flip it over and you want to start, like, a whole new groove. And that's what it sounded like. It was like, it, it was like a jam session. Yeah, and it's interesting because, again, we talk about Robert's playing on bass, and you hear that towards the end. Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, of the good bass. So. Oh, yeah. Well, and, you know, we saw that doc many moons ago, uh, Paco Pistorius, uh, who was the influence to Robert mm-hmm. playing bass. And, you know, Paco was very much, or Yako, because it's J A C O, but he uh, was very much into the very experimental bass and funky stuff. And that's how Robert kind of got inspired by mm-hmm. that. So, uh, yeah, so it's just kind of cool when you learn things like that about... Because at the time that this album got released, I knew nothing about Jocko at all. So it's just very interesting. And But that song itself is very much out of... Like, it's the most different song they have on the record. Which I like. Yeah. Ooh, oh, look, the defense not covering anything <laughs> already. Wow. wow. Yeah, so we're just watching some Bronco lowlights. Uh, it's the dunk. first play. The first play. Hey, look, Tyreek. So you got used to burn us in KC. Oh, that's wonderful. Oh, this is going to be a fun day. <laughs> All right. Uh, aside from the sports shit, um, so the next track is, again, a track that I thought initially probably didn't need to be on a record. However, I do kind of like this one, especially the title, because I can apply it to... The whole Denver team right now has got to kill Captain Stupid. That's the name of the song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we'll see how we feel about the next track as we watch the more decimation. There is not one orange jersey on Miami at all. Sorry. Yeah, it's just it's a mess. So if we complain, just bear with us. <laughs> Sorry about that. My bad. Yeah. 
So that to- song was totally fitting. Plus, the next two I think are also fitting for everything that's going on right now with us and the Broncos. It's just a mess. Uh, we love our Broncos, and I actually don't have a Bronco shirt on today. I can't believe it. I usually always we're trying. Well, it's because we're trying to go anti mojo. So okay, that yeah, that's right. Maybe if I just wear all black, they'll know. Right. So how did you feel about that song? Loved it. Yeah, yeah. It, it, even though it's like a song I don't listen to that often, it's still fun. Uh, it has a lot of great lyrics in there. Um, again, oh, a nice field goal miss. Not by us, by somebody else. But no good. No good. But uh, yeah, still a lot of fun on that song. I was still tapping my foot, having a good time with it. Which leads us into another video they did, and another great song, great lyrics. Um, as I said, it will just feed more into what's going on with the football today. <laughs> so we're kind of doing it at both classic reflections and watching Red Zone, watching our team implode. But uh, I really enjoy the lyrics to the song a lot. It's actually one I do a lot of replays for. And uh, again, I'm not sure if Nichols heard this one. I mean, I've, I've played it maybe in my car, but whether or not she was with me at the time, I don't know. So we'll see. It's called I'll Hate You Better. You'll Hate Me Better? I'll hate VJ better. Okay.
Jessica from Factory of Dreams. You're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Okay. All right. Thoughts. It. And I, always, I, I like his. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got this really cool voice that I don't. I don't even know. It's just unique, and yeah. the, the the singing style is unique too. And that that is always a big selling point for me. You know, I, I find it interesting when um, when singers really just put it all out there you know he's kind of going through different types of styles he's you know i i don't know what the right word is sorry no it's right because you know when you first listen to mike during the early years and even the later years of where it's more punk oriented he's not really doing that harmonizing and stuff like that's not really part of the uh, regiment, yeah, the regiment of the the vocal work that they're doing because it's not it w- doesn't fit. With it doesn't music. fit the style, right? So the fact that Michael's able to do some of this like during that period of the more thrash oriented stuff and you know experimental stuff is quite impressive actually. So, uh, but again, that's one of the highlights for me listening to this record is like that growth and the the ability to. to go outside the scope of what he normally does. And you were saying this was a very not experimental album for them. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. they really tried new things and I mean, lyrically tell. that song is genius. Like the way that he's able to do the lyrics and that I, like I find myself singing it the whole time. <laughs> I know you were. Uh, just a really great track and uh, now we're going to head into uh, our next track although the Dolphins are getting Miami's in the red zone again. Yeah. So oh now it's so we've already had like you know Captain Stupid, uh, I'll hate you better, and now we have uh, which I would call which way to free. I try to get free from the Broncos' misery as we're we're working our way through this record. Mm-hmm. It's very good because our rebellion is now my uh, my tension relief for the Broncos' misery that they're creating on At me. At least they're on early today. I don't have to stay up late to watch them. Lose. No shit. Like you imagine having to stay up like past bedtime so last year when the broncos first acquired russell wilson they they had like 800 night games and everybody was getting and they got bumped one time remember yeah and they were getting so irritated because the the broncos were just sucking and i'd have to stay up late to watch all the monday night games and sunday night games and watch them lose oh look push through (laughs) well here's uh another track uh that i like a lot which way to free and then we've only got what one two more after this i think so we're getting right through this record this this was a good record uh I know this is going to sound funny, but I'd put something like this on while I'm cleaning the house, you know, because mm-hmm. I'd be like, it's motivated to clean the house. I'm feeling my aggression going around. Yeah. <laughs> Take that. There's some polish, motherfucker. Yeah, clean that room. <laughs> Which way to free?
Hi, this is Isaac Golson. Yep, more great playing on that song, Which Way to Free. I really love the ending solos and the, the little bit of melodic touch at the end there. Your thoughts on that track? I don't think you've ever heard that one. Mm -mm. No, I never heard that one before. That's what's nice about like re-listening to an entire album because, you know, you get the hits on the radio. Um, and then some of these gems just kind of go dormant for a while mm -hmm. and you know this is from 92 so you're thinking okay it's just gone but it's not anymore it's nope. back it's back baby it's i'm back baby and better than ever oh so we're getting down to the last two tracks uh, again both of these i don't remember much that i never really gotten around to re-listening to them until now so we're gonna kind of revisit them uh, but the first one we're going to be doing uh, is a song called It's Going Down. And, uh, it's going down, down. We'll see how we feel. All right. Dun, 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 dun.
Like we just won the Super Bowl. Oh, because it's a big deal! We fucking scored! Sutton. Alright, that's three throws to Sutton. Three receptions. Let's see and see how they're going to start, you know. That's how we started last week and then we collapsed. <laughs> oh my god. Folded like a paper napkin. But our defense is playing like ass again, so mm -hmm. it may not even matter at this point. I like that. I like what he did, though, there. He used his legs. He saw Sutton was running to his right yeah. and he threw. Which is what you're supposed to do as quarterback. But look, they're, everybody's all happy. They're high-fiving each other. Until we lose. Oh, my God. I hate life sometimes. <laughs> this is perfect. But, you know, we are football fans, so we just are gluttons for punishments in that regard. And we watch every game. So, well, not every. Well, a lot of games. Let's just say that. But anyway, that song, uh, What's Going Down, was pretty good. I actually have... When re-listening to it, I really enjoyed that. It does have a bit more punkier vibe. That's what I said to I was like, yeah, I really like this. And I, I, he's like, yeah, I can tell. It's got that, like, the punk riffs kind of going in the background. And, again, this album, I'm going to have to put it on my radar again. Maybe uh, pop it in. I, th I think we do have this on tape. Yeah, I think I do. And uh, we have a really cool... It's not like super like loud which we really can't because we live in townhomes so we can't like oh we could we could but, we but we're not assholes yeah um most of the loud comes from my basement where right we're at, so. <laughs> but we have this uh little hi-fi and it has bluetooth a record player a tape player and a cd player and what's fun is it's well it's not, it's not brand new it's about six years old but it, it has like that old feel because it has the wood grain on the outside so it's the, i like to sometimes when i'm doing i hate saying chores but just doing things around the house i will just grab an album and put it on and that's something that you know a lot you just don't do a lot of times you're just uh putting uh -oh. on spotify or um youtube or whatever you're listening to like on your your phone and you just like kind of let it rotate but with this um I'm going to have to go through my albums now, too. I've got all those duplicate albums that I could probably... Uh, we're also... I'm on an eBay kick right now. We have all kinds of old shit that... We're, we're thinking about moving in the next year or two, so... A lot stay, of old magazines. Old magazines. We're going to put some Metal ta Tavern merch on my eBay. And stay tuned. I we, we'll, we'll share it with you, the eBay store. It's not anything like... Extravagant. Yeah, so we're not like eBay dealers, but what we're we're just going through old things because our our goal is yeah. A lot of the magazines that have are like Pit, Metal Maniacs, Kerrang. I mean, we're talking like Fangoria, few late late nineties uh, to early mid two thousand. So if you're into that kind of thing and want to check them out, we'll give you a link to that kind. Yeah, of well, stuff. he'll put the he'll put the link to my um eBay. And the whole idea though is we're we're trying to just get rid of crap that we're not. That's just. Like these magazines have been in a in a Rubbermaid container for years. No one's enjoying them. There's a few that we've saved just because they're important to us. But like, we eventually want to move, and if we don't have to pack it, yeah, we don't have to. Less stuff, better. And I mean, we're not moving like soon, soon, but maybe in the next year, year and a half, maybe two years. Like just depending on some you know personal life things, we um. 
we really want to take advantage of getting rid of things that are just taking mm. up space. Yep. So, All right, what's well, our next track, baby? So, we're getting to the last track here. Where's the Truth? Mm -hmm. And again, like I said, it was one that I don't really remember much, but I may feel differently okay, going with this. Crank that shit up and let's see what happens. Yep. So, here we go. Where's the Truth? Last track on Art of Rebellion. What's in the box? That's what it sounds <laughs> like.
Zobo with the Bandy Thorn. You're listening to the Hordes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Pump it. Yes, I think we agreed that that song was probably one of the most different ones on the record. Uh, We were talking about how maybe that was more of like kind of geared towards an alternative rock vibe in some ways. And of course, at the time, 92, uh, alternative rock was the biggest thing, at least in America, in terms of what was being played a lot on MTV and mainstream radio. So perhaps when they decided to write this record, that was sort of what they were gearing for to try to... create different styles you know from their past and thrash roots and all that i also i kind of i think because like you were saying it was kind of the introduction of alternative rock and you were like yeah this is oh this is definitely a an alternative rock style crossover song and you know the, the early 90s are when alternative was creeping more into mainstream you know mm-hmm. before it was always alternative underground college radio you know you didn't hear it on the mainstream we had a radio station here the underground you know you kind of got a lot of alternative and not popular things played and i think crossing into the 90s and especially like my high school years they started 94 um that's definitely when you were seeing the mainstream start to become the alternative music that was always called alternative because it wasn't played on mainstream. (laughs) So I think that's just, this is kind of like their swan, that's not the right word, Um, their their entrance into alternative rock. Right. So uh, now that you've heard the whole record, how do you feel about it? I love it. I told you. I, I every time I hear a song, even though there's a few that are kind of not their strongest, or maybe I just feel they're transition songs. And right. when when people made albums when they were meant to be listened to as albums, and mm-hmm. that's what this is. Nowadays, people release singles. Right. And we're even seeing it with our friends who are in bands where they're playing and playing and playing, but they've written songs, they play them live, they tour, haven't made an album yet. Or they'll tour and tour and tour with lots of new things and their albums are like three years apart because they're so busy working as musicians where you know or the like the famous people are they're just releasing a song as soon as it's done instead of collecting them making a whole album and then releasing the singles off of it that was kind of how it was done before an album was finished the singles were released you made the music video but now it seems that I was, I think I told you, I perused the Billboard Top 100 the other day, and I'm like, I have no idea who a lot of these people are, but it's single, single, single. It's not an album that was released. Right. So. Yeah, so I I still feel pretty good about this record. I mean, like I said, um, you could remove about three or so songs from it, and I wouldn't really, it would probably improve it for me just in terms of like, listening through it straight through but uh i still really love this record i think it is their best overall as far as like a complete album and like we said you just pointed out they they bring a lot of different styles into it 
doing a lot of different things, and I give him a lot of credit for that. And it, you know, it, it's one of those records. Like sometimes when a band takes takes a risk, uh, changing a sound or adjusting their sound to whether they're trying to fit in with the times or not, or just trying to do something new, it can go badly. Like I think when Metallica did their change, it went for the worse. Um, some people really like it, and that's fine. I don't begrudge anybody who still enjoys that part of their career, but that wasn't really Metallica to me. If I listen to this record, I still hear Suicidal Tendencies. I don't get any... It doesn't sound like new Suicidal Tendencies. Right, it doesn't sound like some weird thing that they're not doing. And so uh, it mixes in well with like their other stuff. If they ever choose to like play it live with some of their more punkier stuff, it would be fine. Like I don't think there'd be any big distance between the sounds. So... Still a really great record, my favorite record from them, and I still really love it a lot. It's a lot of great stuff in there, and I'm just I'm still blown away by the playing. Uh, the band was at the top of their game when they made this, and it just is amazing. So, yeah, so thank you all for checking out this edition of Classic Reflections. Um, I think we are going to go ahead and do King Diamond's Them next, oh. for next month. I'm just gonna lose my shit. Yeah, she will. We're both big King fans, and her respectively. Oh, look, Miami Scorpion. Uh, <laughs> it's kind of the theme today. Are you serious? Did I just miss it? Yeah. I'm glad I missed it. But uh, thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we'll get this up on our YouTube channel as well as our podcast. And appreciate mm-hmm. the support. Hope you enjoyed it. If you have any comments on the YouTube when I get it up there, let us know your thoughts on the album. And uh, yeah, appreciate it, guys. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Yes!